the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me, says the psalmist. We've got a New Testament version of that, as we'll see next on Times of Refreshing. Hi there, and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing. From the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Today, he returns us to Matthew chapter 5 and the first eight verses, message he's called Cultivating a Pure Heart. And that's precisely what we're looking at. You ever long for a closer relationship with Christ, a more intimate relationship with Christ? Well, it's all part of this cultivation that you and I are to be about. Join us as we seek to understand more. From Matthew chapter 5, once again, our teacher and pastor. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. There's no way in which we can come up, come out of agreement with our own selves without first choosing to deny ourselves, taking up our cross, and then following the Lord. This is how it all starts. But what happens here? It gives God an opportunity to come in and correct that which in you has been wrong. It's called the power of agreement. Write it down. Because this is important. I have to come out of agreement with who I used to be. That's why he said deny yourself. I have to make a decision that the old me, I don't want any fellowship with him anymore. The old Adam, I'm choosing to deny its passions, its desires, its lust, its sin, and the things in which got me in the predicament in in the first place. I have to choose to deny myself. And I think this is big. At some point in time, we go through this, this journey in our lives where we don't like ourselves. Then we begin to love ourselves. Then we begin to love people. Think about what I just said. We go through this journey where We don't like ourselves, then we begin to love ourselves, and then we start to love people. Now, the reason why I say this is because a lot of times when we first come to Christ, people love themselves a little too much. You know, everybody thought they were all that and a bag of chips. I'm bad, man. We come to God and we think we're doing God a favor because we got saved. God needed me to get saved because I'm bad. And this is what happens. For a lot of people, they're in a position where they don't realize. But I love because once you meet Christ and you start measuring yourself by Christ instead of measuring yourself by the person that's sitting next to you, you start to see yourself in a different light. And you come to the place where you really don't like yourself. Man, you start reading your Bible and you start saying, man, everything that God says not to do, I'm doing it. I remember the days of closing my book because every chapter, 
I saw something in there that was telling me to stop doing it. And so I put my Bible down for a while to try to get myself a break or I go to Psalms or something like that, try to get away from it. And then I'd find it over there in Psalms. And I would stay way away from the book of Revelations. But what happens is you start to get to a place where, and this is a good place, where we're honest with ourselves and we say, man, I'm messed up. That is the first step for Christ coming in and purifying your heart. Until we come out of agreement with who we used to be, we'll never position ourselves where Christ can come in and purify our heart. So he says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. Then he says, take up your cross. And I've talked to you guys about this many times. Being a Christian is not just about his cross. It's about your cross also. That means sometimes God is going to put you in a position where it's going to be painful because he's trying to kill something in you that needs to die. It's called your flesh, the old you. And sometimes we're going to have to learn that I don't like myself, but now God has given me to a place where I begin to love myself and I love other people. Well, what happens is if we're going to do this, we have to start by allowing God to do away with the old me. And crucifixion speaks of pain. Sometimes you're going to pick up your Bible and you're going to be saying, ouch, for a while. Lord, give me a break. Lord, could you just have me meditate on one comforting scripture? But God, understand that God, what he's trying to do is perfect something in you so that he can get to the point where he can purify you and I's heart. So all of us have to start. He says, take up your cross. And then he says, he says, deny yourself, take up your cross. And then he says, follow me. The follow me aspect is the point where now our will becomes subject to his will. And now it's no longer what we want, but it's what he wants. Well, when we do this, we deny ourselves, we take up our cross, we follow him. Now we're putting ourselves in a position where our motives are being purified. Our passions are being purified. Where sincerity begins to well up within us. Why? Because we've allowed Christ to do away with who we used to be. This is a process, and I watch Christians struggle in this a lot of times because at the end of the day, the real battle is not just with the devil. The real war is going on right inside of you. Who's going to reign? Who's going to rule? Does Christ truly have your heart? Is he purifying your motives to the place, and have you given up your life to a place where now he can take you and I to the next step? And this is found in Matthew chapter 4. And this is all a part of the purification process of our heart, saints. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, on down to 20. He says here in verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Then he said to them, (laughs) watch this, Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 19, listen to it. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I've denied myself. I've taken up my cross. I'm following him. The thing that I have to do now as I position myself, if my heart is truly going to be purified, write this down. We have to allow the seeds of purpose to be planted within us. Now watch this. 
We have to allow the seeds of purpose to be planted within us. Your heart is the seed of your motivation. A lot of times we're doing things for God, but we're doing them for the wrong reasons. And our motivation for doing things is wrong. It's to be seen, it's to get this, to get that. Christ comes in and he purifies us. But one of the things that he does is he replaces that which has been sown With something now that is truly divine and it comes from him. So he sees these men that are fishing. They're going about their life. They're doing their own thing. And in their mind, they have their purpose. They're doing what they want to do. And they're doing it in some ways. As, we, as you read the scriptures, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's not for God's glory. It's not for God's purpose. Jesus had to come alongside these individuals because they started arguing about who's going to be the greatest. So you know the wrong seeds were in their hearts. So what happens is he replaces it. But how does he replace it? Listen to what it says. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What is he doing? He's telling them, if you follow me, I'm going to show you my purpose for your life. And I want to sh- I'm going to show you your real reason for being on this planet In the first place. And I love this. He says, follow me and I will make you this. What they were doing is not something that was their desire. It was something that was God's desire. And I think for all of us, if we're going to see our hearts purified, we have to allow God to uproot some things that have been planted so that his purpose can be planted. So that he begins to make you what he wants you to be instead of you being what you want to be. It, our motivation begins to change when we realize that, you know what? What God is asking me to do was never my idea in the first place. So whatever God wants me to do, let's just let him have his way. So that he makes me what he wants me to be. It's hard for people to get to this place where, you get, where you're, you're truly at a spot in your life where you say, I don't even care. Amen. Think about what I'm saying here. This right here that I'm speaking to you, if you will receive it right, it will change your life. That at some point in time with your life, you really don't care. As long as you're doing what God wants you to do. Amen. Think about what I'm saying. He said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I'm going to uproot what you were doing to cause you to do what I'm asking you to do. These men right there didn't say that they went back and reported to anybody, didn't go back. The Bible says that these people on the spot, they left their nets, and they start doing what Jesus asked them to do. And then they went, went off, and they changed the world. Think about what I'm saying. In your life... Because this is a matter of purity of heart. Are you, are you just wanting to do whatever God asks you to do? Amen. And it doesn't matter. If God said, I want you to go to Africa right now, and I want you to lay it down and, and be a blessing. Are you willing to lay it down? To say, if that's where God's going to be, I'm, I'm there. For a lot of people, this is the true test of where our heart is at when it comes to God. And if our heart really is pure, God will ask us sometimes to do things in our lives. But understand, he's trying to sow seeds of purpose that will produce more fruit than we ever could have dreamed of in our hearts and in our minds. But we have to be willing to allow him to uproot some things that have been planted. Some of us in this room, we, 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 had, we just knew we had a plan. 
I'm going to, going to college for four years. When I get out, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to blow up. I'm just going to blow up. And we blown out trying to figure out what we're going to do with our lives. But saints, what happens is we have to stop and say, okay, where is my motivation at? I want to get to a place in my life where I'm just following him and he makes me what he wants me to be. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. So this is the thing. We have to allow the seeds of purpose to be established and rooted within our lives. This is a part of the purification process of our hearts and the changing of our motivation for doing what we're doing, doing what we're doing. Saints, listen to me. This is not a shouting message. This is a message we have to think because if we're going to be Christians, we cannot just ask God to bless what we want. We have to get involved with what he wants. And we're guaranteed success if we will do this and he's purifying our men. Now, understand that it's his responsibility to make us what he wants us to be. He says, I'm going to make you this. My job is to receive the seeds of purpose that he's sowing in my life. Let me say this to you on a personal level. I never dreamed in a thousand years. I never dreamed that I ever would be a pastor. Ever. I never dreamed of traveling, you know, out of the country. I've never been out of the country before. Ever. Until I was asked to go preach somewhere. I never, I wouldn't think about it. My wife tell you, I'm a homebody. I just chill in the bed, watch TV all day. I'm, I'm not going, I don't need to go. But see, what happens is, saints, God, he'll begin to sow seeds of purpose within your life so that the things that he likes, you'll start liking them. The things that he likes for your life, he'll start liking them. But sometimes he has to uproot things. To establish things. So that now your motivation isn't, I want to have, I got to preach, I got to make it happen. God says, he gets you to a place where you're just doing it because you know it's God's will for you to do it. Can I have an amen? Listen to what I'm saying. Because there's people in this room right now. You're in the middle of transition and God's trying to do something. But understand, if your motivation, if your heart isn't pure, you may go up the ladder, but you're not going to stay there very long. You want God to pull you up. And if he pulls you up, he establishes you. Amen? The seeds of purpose have to be. We have to allow the seeds of purpose. And it may not be your plan. The last thing that we're going to see here is found in John chapter 6. This is another way in which God comes in and he purifies our heart. He purifies our motive. He removes and cleanses us from dishonesty as we're following him. Look what he says here. John chapter 6, verse 22. It says here in verse 22. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered and, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However... Other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? 
Now watch what Jesus says. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food, for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, now watch this, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Now I just have to stop here. This is amazing. Saints, here we are. Jesus Christ has performed all kinds of miraculous works to demonstrate his power. He no doubt has gathered a large group of people. Throngs of people are following him. But the thing I love about Jesus Christ is that when when he's ministering, as he's dealing with people, he also understood where they're at. And that not everybody that was following him was pure in heart. Or had the right motive or were sincere in their pursuit of him. And so Jesus in this particular situation, he gets to the point where he sees all the crowds and he's not impressed with the crowds. He's he's impressed by why the crowds are gathering. This is what he's looking for. And he says here, then Jesus said to them in verse 26, most assuredly I say to you, you seek me. Not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So now he's talking to them specifically about their motivation for seeking him. And he understands it. He knows it. He knows exactly why they are there. And he says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give to you because the Father has set his seal upon him. He says, then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God. Everything he just said went right over their head. And I think this is what happens in life. Sometimes we pursue God and God is saying, and this is the, first, this, the last point here, if my heart is going to be purified, God is saying to us, seek me. Seek me. God is saying, seek me. Seek me. Seek me. Love me. Pursue me. Get to know me. Do you really want to know me? And God is saying that to us, and then we're saying, God, I need a breakthrough. God, I want to prophesy. God, I I want to do a miracle. Can I do a miracle? I need to do a miracle. I want to see a miracle. Can I have this? Can you do that? Can you do that? And God is saying, seek me. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but can you do this? I need a financial breakthrough. I need deliverance. I need healing. I need, I need, I need this. What can I do to do that? Can I preach this? Everybody's talking about Jesus, Jesus. But in their mind it's do something, do something, do something, do something. Jesus, Jesus. Dude, can you do that? I got to see it. I want to wow. I want to bang. I want to make me happy. Do something. Get me fired up. Get me. Can I preach this this afternoon? We got nothing but time. Do this. Do that. God, yes, yes. Woo, yes. Jesus looks at these individuals and he knows that their heart isn't right. If we're going to see God purify our hearts, the thing that we have to do is major 
on seeking him. He's showing us that just because we are in his presence doesn't mean that we are seeking him. Just because that we have been fed by him doesn't mean that we're seeking him. These individuals were willing to go great lengths to find out where he was so that they can get him to do something. Not just to see him. And I think in Christianity we've got in some ways in my opinion a little bored with just hanging out with Jesus. We've gotten a little bored. And our motivation now for prayer has changed. I want to pray because I want to become powerful and I want to do something powerful for God. And God's going to use me powerfully. I want to go to, I want to, you know, worship because I want God to do something powerful. I I want him to do. And we have to get back to the simplicity of allowing God to purify our hearts that if God doesn't do something, just him being there with us is enough. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen in this place? That God is long as you're here. So Jesus sees this, but us seeking him gets us to the place where now Christ can really purify our hearts. If our pursuit is him, then what happens is we open the door for him to come in and to purify our hearts where now our motivation is simply just being with him. And if that means God doing miracles in our presence, praise God. If it means that God doesn't want to do any miracles, he just wants to sit here and hang out with us for a while, well then praise God. If God wants us to shout and to jump and to tear the roof off of this place, then praise God. But at the end of the day, we're here because we just want to know him. We get in our cars. To leave this place just wanting him to go with us. We go to work in the morning just wanting him to be by our side. We go on trips around the world just wanting to make sure that he is with us on the plane when we go to on the trip. That at the end of the day that positions us, our seeking of him positions us in a place where now God can come in and he can purify our hearts because our motive is just simply him. We have the internal struggle a lot of times because we want him and something else. When we can just be satisfied with seeking him and our motivation for it is him, then God comes in and he really shows up and shows out in our lives. But the stuff isn't impressive to us. He is impressive to us. And so what happens here, saints, is Jesus Christ is looking at this He tells them and they say, then they said to him in verse 28, what shall we do that we may work the work of God? Went right over their head. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in who? In him whom the Father has sent. This is it. Saints, I want to challenge you as a believer today. I'm challenging myself. I thank God for the opportunity to preach All over the world. Our church is on television all over the world. Radio all over the Bay Area three, four times a week. Five days a week. I love it. I thank God for it. It's nice. And I praise God for more doors that God's opening. San Quentin, Raiders, all this stuff. But when it's all said and done, saints, listen to me. It's not about that. That stuff is good. And it's great. God uses you, uses me. 
He wants to use us. But it's when it's all said and done, God wants to purify our hearts to the place that if he doesn't use us like that, then we're just happy that he's with us. If you don't blow up, if you don't have a mega ministry, if you don't have all the money in the world, if you don't have the best this and that, can you honestly look the Lord in the eye and say, Jesus, I'm just happy you're in my life. For a lot of Christians, they're not satisfied. You see them, they're, they're, they're antsy, they always got to go, they always got to do something. Instead of just, you know, I just love Jesus. And that's it. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.